Good morning, everybody. Man, I, I want to talk to you just for a little while. I mean, it's going to be short, an hour and a half, maybe. Just maybe. Now, I want to talk to you about rejoice evermore. That's one of the smallest verses in, found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I, I want to talk to you about how joy and victory go hand in glove. Now, when the scripture tells us, when Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica, and he says, rejoice evermore. He is not saying be happy about every single thing that comes along. It's like, woohoo, my cat died. He wasn't talking about that. I want to talk to you about what that means and, and how victory and happiness go together. How many, how many would prefer to have victory over defeat? Right? I, I know. Everyone I know. Everybody I know. I mean, every single person that I've ever talked to would rather have victory over defeat. Nobody likes to lose. I tell you, I have won and I have lost. And I prefer winning every single day. I know somebody said, losing develops character. Do you know who wrote that? A loser. <laughs> I say losing stinks. And, and, and it develops a desire in you to want to work harder to win. I like winning. I am a gracious winner. I like to win. Don't you like to win? And say, well, you just have a competitive edge. No, I like to win. I like the thrill of it. Uh, winning and losing and what I have decided and what I've figured out in life is winning and losing has as much to do with your mindset as it does your physical ability. Winning and losing is, is first starts right here in your mind. I've seen teams, uh, pro teams, basketball, football, baseball, doesn't matter. I've seen them where, where they had all of these great players, but they would trade some of them because they were more focused on the right attitude than they were the ability. Because if you don't have a winning attitude, you will never be a winner. It starts right here. Winning begins with your understanding that you can do it, that you can achieve, that you can defeat the enemy on the other side of the court, on the other side of the ball, that you have what it takes to be successful. I watched the uh, Golden State Warriors uh, win three championships in five years. Yeah, go... Uh, but I also watched them with the same team, the same members with a different coach. Get there, almost get there, and then they would just come that short. And they changed coaches, and the only difference in the coaches was one had won because he had played with Michael Jordan, and he understood how to win. The other guy was a great guy. In fact, the other coach, character-wise, I would prefer to have lunch with him. But it wasn't about character. It was about mental toughness. It was about the understanding that you 
can win. And he placed that in the minds of his players. And it got in their heart and they became winners. Winning and losing starts with a mindset. And here's the truth in life that I have found. That no one will ever be a winner until they quit thinking like a loser. Let me say that again. If you want to win, stop thinking that you're going to lose. If you want to be successful, then you have to move out of the arena of inability and realize that you can achieve. Let me, let me give you a, a reason why. Because many people focus on what they are not. And they miss what they are. You look at a project or you look at somebody else and you say, I can't do that. And, you, and because you're so focused on the things you can't do, you fail to look at what you can do. And it's important to see what you can do. Many people focus on what has happened and what has happened in their life gets them down so much that they can't see what can happen. See, your past mistakes, your past failures, if you allow them, will drive you into the arena of defeat every single day. And if you want to arise above it, you have to learn, you have to realize, you have to come to the understanding that winning begins in the mind, that you have to understand that you can be a winner. Let me give you an example, because human nature, we like to focus on mistakes, now, some of you in here are old enough to remember ABC's Wide World of Sports with Jim McKay. And it was the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Came on every Saturday. That's back when we had three channels. And your child was the remote. Go turn that channel. So... But they would come on every Saturday in, in the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. And I asked people, I said, what was the agony of defeat? What do you think about that? And every single person I have talked to this week have all told me the same thing. They remember the young skier. Remember him? His name was actually Vinko uh, Bogatash. And, and he was young, uh, Slovenian, I believe, and, 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 they, and he was doing the giant slalom and just lost it, went off, crashed through a, a, a little building and really hurt himself bad. And we look at it and say, oh, the agony of defeat. And everybody remembered that. And then I posed them this question. What was the thrill of victory? Nobody. I mean, nobody remembered the boxer that won, nobody remembered the race car driver, and nobody remembered the weightlifter. But the poor guy that embarrassed himself and broke himself to death in the, in the agony of defeat, man, we remember that. And it's, it's amazing. We don't remember the victories, but we do remember the defeats. And I think in my own mind and heart, when we get to our Christian walk, I think we kind of have that same attitude that we remember the times that we have failed the Lord. We remember the times that we have been a disappointment. We remember, and, and guess what? You have an adversary that likes 
when you wake up in the morning and your eyes open, the very first thing he likes to put in your mind, hey, you remember that time back in 97 that you messed up? That's what the adversary does. He's there to remind you that, that you are defeated, that you are down. And, and many Christians that I know walk around and the, the most of the time they're focused on the doom and gloom of their past failures and, and they just forget where they are and who they are and what God has done. And they never have an opportunity to celebrate, to have joy, because... They're so focused on what they've done, where they've been, who they've hurt, that they never look at the joy and the victories in their life. They walk around in a mental prison staring at the walls of self-defeat. And it is a small, small cell to be in. And they will be in that bondage. And if you are there, if you're focused on self-defeat, you will be there until truth sets you free. And that is why the adversary tries to keep pull, uh, pulling you with lies and keeping you shackled and in a, in a prison cell because he knows that, that it wants you understand truth of who you are and what God has done for you that you can have victory and that you can celebrate and when you become aware of who you are in Christ and you become aware of what Christ has done for you when you understand how powerful and mighty you really are through the presence and the power of God in your life then you will walk out of that prison cell and say if God is for me who can be against me that's why the devil likes to lie. He doesn't want you to have victory. He doesn't want you to celebrate. He, he's going around and saying that Christ isn't, isn't good enough, that, that Christ isn't strong enough, that, that the devil will repeat it over and over and over in your mind, and, and he'll keep repeating all your failures and all, and all the things that are negative in your life. And, and he'll tell you that you're not good enough for the victory of God and that you're not talented enough for the victory of God and you're not strong enough for the victory of God and you're not loved by God. He loves other people, but you not so much. They see, because you're a loser and God doesn't like losers. That's what the devil does. That's what the devil's goal is. And never one time does he ever want you to look at who you really are. Because here's the truth. Christ came not to give you defeat, but to give you victory. Christ came. And it isn't Christ's intention for any of us to live in bondage. And with victory... When we understand the truth that we can walk and live in the victory and the freedom that Christ offers us, that we are removed from our past, that we have a glorious future, that when we understand what is going on, 
and we understand the victories that are in our life and we begin to count the victories that are already in our life, then that creates joy. And with joy becomes passion and become passion becomes devotion. And then you become aware of the understanding that if God is for me, who can be against me? And you begin to do amazing things with God. See, I love being around joyful people. I love being around happy people. Don't you? You ever been around somebody that's negative? Yes, you have. And you're, you're walking around, oh, I'm so full of joy, and you're just so full of joy, and, you're, and then, they, then you're around them, and they start talking about all the negative things in your life, and you feel all the virtue just being sucked out of you. And then they walk away 15 minutes later, and you feel drained. That's what negativity does to you. It's what negativity does to people around you. So how do we overcome that? Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Always be joyful. Or rejoice always. Now, how do you do that? How do you rejoice all the time? And as I said before, it's not about being an emotional, at an emotional level all the time. It's not about an emotion. Joy is more than just a feeling in your heart. Joy is an understanding that no matter what I'm facing, I will be victorious. Joy. Philippians 4, 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord at all times. And, and I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice how? In the Lord. Rejoice in what God has done for you. The church has always been on fire and amazing and has done amazing things in the world when God's people are joyful. And when God's people are joyful, it's because they have an understanding that they are victors in Christ. They go hand in glove. So the only way to be happy is to celebrate our victories in Christ. Paul, writing to the church in Colossians, he, he gives this. He says, since then, Colossians 3, 1 through 4, since then you have been raised with Christ and, and set your hearts on, so set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Notice that? Set your heart on things above. Think about the victories of God at all times. Set your mind on things above and not on the earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Set your mind on the victories in Christ. Set your heart, your passions and desires on the victories in Christ. Set your mind the way you think. Be an eternal winner. Win all the time in your mind. Understand that you may be down, but you're not out. You may lose a battle, but you're not going to lose the war. You, you may be defeated today, but you're going to have victory tomorrow. That the devil may have knocked you to your knees today, but you're going to get up and you're going to brush yourself off. And you're going to say, if God is for me, who can be against me. You will keep on working. You will keep on moving. You will continue to realize that you have victory with Christ. I want to talk to you about three ways, about 30 minutes each one. Here's one way that we have victory in Christ. You say, well, what victories do I have? We have victories over our past life. I want you to understand what that means. 
Here's what Jesus said in Luke 15, 7. He says, I tell you, the same way there will be rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. Do you realize we're talking about joy and being joyful? Remember when you gave your life to Christ? Do you remember that time? Do you realize that when you said, Lord, forgive me, I need you to be my Lord and Savior, when he pardoned you, when he came into your life, all of heaven threw a party. All of heaven threw a party for you. Why? Because you had victory. You have victory over the things of our past. We are dead with Christ. This is what Colossians 2.13 says. It says, you were raised, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. How? He forgave all your sins. Don't you love that word, all? It's an inclusive word. It means all of them. Aren't you glad it didn't say God gave, forgave some of your sins or certain part of your sins? The devil wants to say, oh, God forgave you on some things, but other things, I'm going to keep bringing them up because I know it strikes an emotional chord with you. But you need to realize Colossians 2.13 says God forgave all all your sins every single one of them psalm 103 12 he has removed our rebellious acts what are rebellious acts sins he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west if you keep going east somewhere east you'll never meet the west if you keep going west, you'll never meet the west or the east. Your sins are forgiven. They are pardoned. They are done away with. They have been removed. God does not bring them to your memory. If you are thinking about past sins in your life and you're feeling guilty, I'm going to tell you it's not from God. He has pardoned you. He has cleansed you. He has forgotten them. He has cast them as far as the east is from the west. If you're going to bring them up, it's because you're bringing them up. So here's my point on this. Don't unbury a dead corpse. Why are you walking around with all your past failures, carrying them around, saying, oh, look what I used to do. It's just going to drag you down and make you stink really bad. Let the dead remain dead. You're alive in Christ. You're not that old person. You are a new creation in Christ. It's time that we begin to put the old man down, the old person down, and begin to walk in that newness of life. That you have victory. Set your mind on what Christ has done. Celebrate the grace and the goodness of Christ in your life. Here's the second thing. You can celebrate not what Christ has done, but what he's doing right now. Sometimes we call that sanctification. It's the ongoing process in our life. 
I, I love Philippians 1.6. He said, Paul saying, you can be confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you shall perform it, shall work in you, shall develop you until he returns for you. That if, if you are a follower of Christ, I'm going to tell you two things that are absolutely positively true. Number one, you are going to mess up. I don't care who you are. Here's something else that is absolutely positively true. I don't care how many times you mess up. Christ is never going to give up on you. You're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. We celebrate the victory. You know, when, when I am... When I am working in the yard, I wear work clothes. I don't wear a suit. When I'm running a foot race, I don't wear combat boots. I wear track shoes. Actually, I watch people wearing track shoes run. It looks good. And I have noticed that people dress for the conditions and what they're about to do. Because your clothes can determine what you're doing. And it's the same way in the spiritual world. If we are clothed with our old man, in our old way of thinking, in our old negativity, in our carnal mindset, and if our focus is on everything on this earth and nothing on, on what's to come, your, your focus is here and you'll never have victory. You'll always have something going wrong because this life, no matter how good it can be, it will never match the glory and the splendor and the majesty of Jesus Christ living and ruling and reigning in your life. But if you really want to have victory and you really want to have joy, then you need to focus on the new life. You need to focus on that, that new person that Christ rose from the dead, that you are walking in a new life. This is what Paul says in Romans 8. He said, therefore, there is now no condemnation, none, zero, zilch, Anybody ever felt condemned about their own past, about their own attitudes, about their own actions? There are no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. You can walk in newness of life. You can have victory. You can have freedom by following after the spirit of God in your life. How do you do that? Number one, you pray. And you learn to pray. And you learn to pray well. I've been praying. I was thinking this morning. I've been walking with Christ for over 40 years. And I'm only 39. And I know that I pray more effectively now than I did 40 years ago. And I also know that I don't know that much about prayer. And every day with the Lord, I just want to know more. 
Because to say that you know everything about prayer is to say you know everything about God. Because prayer is a conversation with God. And, and if you say, I know everything about God, I don't really need to talk with Him anymore, then you have failed to remember or understand what prayer is about. It's about connecting with your Creator. It's about walking with Him in purity. It's about seeing Him and understanding Him in a different light every single day that his grace will still amaze you today like it did 20 30 40 years ago and you get to catch a glimpse of him when you're locked away in that prayer and, and you're beginning to just talk to him and he's talking to you prayer scripture and just loving him doing, following after what the Spirit speaks into your life. See what God will do. And the third thing is simply this. Celebrate the victory, not only of what he has done, not only what he's doing, but what he is going to do. Don't you love that? Scripture says if that same Spirit which dwelled in Christ dwells in you, when he comes back, it's going to quicken. It's going to turn. It's going to make your body alive. I don't care if you've been in the grave for a hundred years, a thousand years. It doesn't really matter. If you are his, if that spirit dwells in you, when he comes back and that trumpet sounds, you will rise in newness of life, a new body. The trumpet's going to sound. You're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. It, I was talking to, to Dennis earlier this morning. Can, can you imagine what it's like? Can you imagine if that trumpet sounded and, 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 and we were gone today, right now, and we get to see him, and we're seeing him? And, and think about the most you've ever experienced the presence of God. That power, that, that, that holiness that you feel when, when you walk into a room and his presence is there. And, and imagine that a thousand times greater in you. Right now, your body would be consumed, but you'll have a new body. And we will live with him for eternity. And can you imagine? Can you imagine a thousand years from our time? or a hundred years, or maybe this first day, you're in heaven, and you see somebody from First Alliance. And you realize, we made it. We made it. What a glorious time. So not only what Christ has done, I'm going to ask our praise team to come back, not only what Christ is doing, but what Christ is going to do, what he has promised to do, and what he will accomplish, because his word never returns void. Would you stand with me, please? I grew up in a, in a, in a large family, and my oldest sister got married when I was a month old. So I grew up with my nieces. You know, it's just one of those things. And, and I remember uh, my oldest sister had three girls. And the older two, they were stair steps, and the older two were chasing the youngest one around the house. 
and she was screaming, running around, and, and the other two were chasing her, having a great time. And I remember she got into the bedroom. She got halfway under the bed. All you could see is the back end of her diaper. And she said, wait a minute. I can beat you up. And she crawled out of the bed and began to chase her sisters. Because she had an epiphany. She had an understanding that, wait a minute. I don't have to walk around fearful. I don't have to walk around afraid. I don't have to walk around intimidated. Because the one that's chasing me is not as strong as me. And she turned around and she gave more than what they were giving. Why are you running? Why are you running from the adversary in your life? When the scripture says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I think today is the day that we can look up and we can say, you know what? I may have been down, but I'm not out. One of my favorite scriptures is Micah 5.2. So it says, don't rejoice against me, my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. You know what attitude that is? That's a winner. That's a person that understands, I may not win every single day, but I am never going to stop. And I'm going to keep on working. I'm going to keep on winning until the Lord calls me home. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? Can I pray for you?